McShane Bible Study, day 196, and we're in Joshua 22, and this is the part where Joshua says, okay, we've, we've conquered all our enemies, so you Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, you can go back on the other side of the river to Gilead and settle your land where your wives and children are. And um, he says in verse 2, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you and have obeyed my voice in all that I have commanded you. So that's really, and he, he kind of goes on about that. Um, so, you know, they've, they've done a good job. They've kept to the way of the Lord. I like verse 5 because it's a good challenge to all of us. Because it's the most common thing in the Bible for a biblical character to start off really good for the Lord and then kind of go their own way later on in life. So in verse 5 it says, Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cling to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And so then Joshua blessed them. And then they go, so they leave, and then they build the altar. And this altar stirs people up. The people of Israel think they need to go kill him because the last time somebody broke, as we just discussed, the altars typically were to have burnt offerings, sacrifices, and God said, only do that in the place where my ark is, where, that I establish, not any place you feel like doing it. Oh, wait, I forgot to do something. Willow, say hi. You want to say hi, Willow? You're not normally here. Willow, do you hear us? <laughs> so, um, the, let's see, just, I forget what it was, but 16. Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, what is this breach of faith that you have committed against the God of Israel in turning away this day from following the Lord by building yourselves an altar this day in rebellion against the Lord? Have we not had enough of the sin of Peor from which even yet we have not cleansed ourselves. So remember there they they turned away from remember Baal got the got the was it Midianites to um uh get them to go after other gods. He says, and for which there came a plague upon the congregation of the Lord, that you too must turn away from this day from following the Lord. And if you too rebel against the Lord today, then tomorrow he will be angry with the whole congregation of Israel. So he said, look, it's important. And this is kind of lost in the church today, but it's important to the Lord. And when the Lord does a powerful new thing, the example I always like to give because it's New Testament is in Acts, and we'll be reading this soon, um, when the Lord was starting his church through the leadership of Peter, we had uh, these, these, this couple who sold a piece of land and they wanted to look holy and righteous. And they said, I'm giving you all, all of our money. But they were lying. They were holding some back. And Peter said, you could have kept the money. No one told you you had to give all the money. But when you try to present yourself as different than you are and you're bringing in lying deceit into the body of Christ here, into the church, you, this is a great evil unto the Lord. And they were struck dead, right? 
And so you see here, the, the people at this time, when they came into the promised land, this was a new thing. And so the Lord was working mightily on their behalf, but also he expected righteousness, holiness from them. Like, and so the people do a, a wonderful thing where they say, hey, we will defend the righteousness of the Lord. We will not stand for this. We know God offers us blessing, and we know that there's curse if we go the other way. We stand for the blessing. But then, of course, the people say, no, 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 we're not, we're not doing anything against the Lord. This is simply so that you remember and we remember we're all one, even though we're on different sides of the river. Moving on to Acts 2, we see the coming of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus had told his disciples to wait around until the Holy Spirit was given to them, right? And so they're waiting around, and what day would it come? Well, Shavuot, or Pentecost, of course, right? The day that God gave Moses the law is the same day that God introduced the Holy Spirit to his people by putting the law on their hearts through his Spirit, right? And so the... Um, where I was going to go with that. So anyways, they're, they're all sitting around. They receive, they're, they're praying, they're worshiping the Lord. They receive this, there's fire, there's tongues. And the Lord moves in a powerful way because there's all these people from all over the world that have come on the high holy day to worship the Lord. So they're there from all different parts of the known world at that time. And they all hear these people speaking in their own languages. And they can tell they're not from their part of the world. They're Galileans, right? It's a pretty uneducated part of the world, simple fisherman area. And all of a sudden they're speaking all these different languages. And so they're amazed. So their hearts are open. So you see, God did the work that opened their hearts to receive the message. 12 says, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? All of a sudden they see there's something we can't understand. There has to be a meaning for it. What is that meaning? Which gives Peter the opportunity to stand up and give this incredible sermon where he quotes David a lot and he, he, he explains, look, this Jesus is the Messiah. You killed him, but God raised him. And so, what's 40 say? And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So he's saying, look, the way of the world, the way most people live, even you who've been following the way of God, that was okay in the past is a crooked generation. It falls short of the glory of God. So God is introducing a new way. So, Open yourselves to it. Join in with what God is doing now in this new season. 42 says, and they devoted. So now these people are coming. 3,000 people came to the Lord. And this is how the chapter ends. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So you see a people that have totally 
changed their way of life. They've come out of their old way of living and they've come into a new way where they're devoted to God, to learning from the apostles' teaching, to making community together, to taking care of each other. Right? Their whole lives have been changed. And day to day, they're, they're worshiping the Lord. They're, they're fellowshipping, praising God. And the Lord's giving them favor and growing His church. You see how they've entered into something new? They didn't just accept a religion. Mm-hmm. This is the way of God. This is the kingdom life. And this is what God's going to bring here during our lifetimes in greater measure even than they experienced it at that time. And then in yeah. Jer- Jeremiah 11, we see that, um, you know, the, there's a lot of this in Jeremiah. Um, <clears throat> but God says, I offered you blessing. I offered you milk and honey, but you chose to go your own way. And so I cannot stand. I will obliterate your way. But there's always a remnant, right? And so Jeremiah kind of represents that remnant. And more specifically, he represents somebody. Did this sound familiar to you? But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. I did not know it was against me they devised schemes, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name be remembered no more. But, O Lord of hosts, who judges righteously, who tests the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. Does that remind you of anything? Well, Jesus, Jesus. There you go. Jesus is the uh, sacrificial lamb, right? He's the Passover mm-hmm. lamb. And so, I, Jeremiah is very much talking about himself. But this cool thing about prophetic writings is they, they have pictures of other things. And since Jeremiah, I mean, since Jesus was the Passover lamb, um, th- this is very reminiscent of what, <coughs> what he would be. But at this moment, he's concerned about himself because he's speaking the word of the Lord and they're planning on killing him for doing so. So he's in a hard place. Do I follow the will of the Lord and maybe get killed? Or do I just listen to these people and shut up so that I don't get killed? It's kind of a hard choice, right? And he says, but God, I will keep doing what you do and I will depend on you to protect me and provide my way. You see that? So that's a heart of a man. He says, I am committed to your cause or I, for to you have I committed my cause. He's committed to the Lord and the Lord promises him, don't you worry. I will take care of you and they will be judged just as I've said. And he gets specific on it. And we end in Matthew 25, which starts out with the parable of the 10 virgins. And we see there's one bride. Do you want to be the five virgins that don't get into the marriage? Do you want to be the five that do get into the marriage? Or do you want to be the bride? The last option. Yeah. No one ever talks about that. Um, but we see here that the five didn't get in. They were claiming the name of the Lord. But when he came, he brought his kingdom, they didn't get in. You see that? Mm -hmm. And they said, Lord, Lord, open up to us. And he answers, but he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. He said, you haven't been living according to my ways. 
You've just claimed my name. You, you can't come in. You see that? Mm-hmm. He wants more than a religion. He wants a people. And then we go to the parable of the talents, where these different guys are giving, given different, uh, well, they're given money, and they're expected to do something with it. Now, this is a, a picture of our lives more than money. It's, money is a great example, both in for him to teach and for us in, in how we live, because money draws at the heart and everything, right? Money's how we, inter- in many ways, money is how we interact with the world. So it it is is very pertinent to money also. But but he's talking about more than just money. He's talking about our entire lives. And we have this one guy who says, I was afraid, 25, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. Again, someone who said, hey, I'm yours. I claim your name, but I'm I'm not going to give you everything, right? I'm, I'm not going to give you my life. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of just kind of scared and I'm just going to do, you know, what, what seems best to me instead of what you instructed. And he answers you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap what I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So he says, look, (laughs) You've given yourself to me. Now step into this life. Walk out my my ways. Learn from me. Obey in the direction that I lead you so that you're fruitful and you multiply. Right? Um, and then we have the... Uh, he talks about the final judgments on a man coming. This is the sheep and goats, right? I'm not sure. Anyways, 40. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. They they didn't understand. Some people were blessed by the Lord at the final coming, and some were cursed. And they don't understand why, neither one of them. He says, you took care of my people. So again, just like we saw in Acts, you have Jesus coming to establish God's will, which is that he has a people on earth that are his family, mm-hmm. that care about each other every bit as much as they care about themselves. And he says, you took care of me when you took care of my people. You see that? Mm-hmm. And they say, I just thought I was helping out a, a brother or sister in Christ, uh, but, but I was helping out you. He says, yes, I'm in him or her just as I am in you. And you are caring for them. You're sharing this life, building this house that I came to build. The Father desires from you and sent me to introduce. And so by being a part of that, you are blessed. You inherit the kingdom with me. It's pretty cool, huh? Uh All right. That's all I have. You have anything else? Mm, No. Except Mm. Willow, do you want to say hi again? Do you have any last words? God bless you. God bless you.